Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you for joining me today. Today, you're going to hear from one of my clients. This is somebody I worked with for, well, closely for about the first six months of the year. Uh, And then she rolled into the consistency course. And consistent is a word that really reflects what she has worked very hard to create for herself. But more than that, what we're going to dive into today is how she used the idea of becoming a more mature thinker to not only lose a whole bunch of weight, but also improve her relationships and a lot more. So one thing that I talk about a lot in the consistency course is being more mature in how you think. And I always say that that word mature can rub people the wrong way because nobody wants to raise their hand and say, I'm immature. I mean, nobody wants to do that. And I think in a lot of ways, we generally think of ourselves as mature because we're adults and we handle a lot of stuff. But immature thinking sneaks up on us when we say things like, I'll start tomorrow. When really, if we were to think about it from a more mature way of thinking, we would realize, well, great, what I do tomorrow is awesome, but that has nothing to do with what I can do today. And the pattern of using a pledge that I make for tomorrow to let myself off the hook today doesn't work and isn't really logical. Oftentimes, being more mature in our thoughts requires that we be more honest with ourselves and that we slow down because sometimes the thoughts, they happen so fast that we don't even recognize them as silly or immature or incomplete until afterwards. So we talk about that. And we talk about a lot more. I really wanted her to share what changed for her to be able to get the results, create the results that she did. And I think it's really valuable not just to hear tools from me from me, and to hear stories from me, but to hear from people who are actually doing the work. And that's what you're going to hear today. I know that you're going to enjoy it. So we'll just share the conversation with you. I feel like I'm doing well. I'm doing better than I would have been, let's say the beginning of the year, because I feel like I feel mentally and physically stronger and yeah. healthier, That's awesome. which I can show up so much better for her. And I mean, for myself, Yeah. And instead of like being like, oh, I'm so tired from all this. And then using that as an excuse, I'm you know, we've talked about this word mature. I'm like, well, now 
now I'm showing up and I'm being mature for myself and like eating, eating crap is not going to make any of these other problems better. It's going to make them worse. I'm going to be more tired. Yeah. It's and, like, I, I was yeah. just thinking earlier today, I was, I was working on something and I was talking about a question. Why does it matter? Like whatever change it is that we want to make, why does it matter? And it's so fascinating to me that for such a long time, the only, like truly the only reason that nutrition mattered to me so much was because of my weight. Yeah. But I also at that point was, you know, 350 plus pounds. And, and I never even considered that there were reasons that were bigger than that. In fact, I probably would have told you there is no reason bigger than my weight. Like I just believed (laughs) that that was, that was everything. And, and just this morning I was thinking in terms of, in terms of energy, right? Because I'm just getting bigger and bigger and bigger over here with twins, but it, it really makes a massive impact in my energy, what I'm eating. And that right now is everything because like, I'm not sleeping great. And the energy piece is no matter what you're dealing with, like that is, that's massive. Well, and I mean, that's part of like, you know, instead of looking at, is the scale moving? Obviously that's one indicator that I'm happy with like an outcome of, but in terms of the process, absolutely. Like if I did all these things and I didn't lose any weight this week, I would still want to do it because my energy is so much better. And I don't think I realized how, how terribly impacted my energy was until I started making some changes, which I think it's interesting. You know, you've had some great success in terms of process and outcomes in the last handful of months. And I know for people who maybe aren't yet in the results phase of their journey, it's hard, it's hard to put value on results that you haven't experienced yet. I I mean, I think it's true. I mean, you talk a lot about you know, giving people, giving ourselves the experience of knowing how good it, how good you can feel when you're all in. Yep. I mean, you phrase it much better than me, but, um, I think that it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Have you ever heard that analogy where you talk about like, there are some things, you know, you know, and then some that, you know, that you don't know. And then there's like, it's an iceberg about what you don't know that you don't know. Right. And I think when you give yourself that experience, I mean, that it really was a game changer because I knew now I know how good it feels. Yeah. And you never, you never can unknow once you know. And that in and of itself is one of the most powerful gifts you can give yourself. Well, in the maturity of it is I could try to say, well, if I, if even if I'm at 80% of that, it's still pretty good. And, you know, I can do this and this and this. And it's like, no, it's be honest with myself. Yeah. I want that feeling of feeling like a hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you mentioned the word maturity and I want to circle back to that and I want to circle yeah. back to the process, but let's talk, let's talk outcomes. Sure. We're, we're three weeks into our spring mastermind, but you yep. did 12 weeks in the winter. 
you yeah. send an email with some of your outcomes, which are absolutely amazing. What are some of those results that you created? And then we'll talk about the changes that that created those results. Well, I think results wise, I mean, I wanted to be my goal was overall to be more consistent and um, mature about my health, but I do want to lose weight. And so now I'm at about 20, I think 26 pounds. Amazing. Is great. Um, but I also have results about, you know, um, I really have a mindset that has changed about putting myself first. And I mean, that is a process, but it also is an outcome. And one of the other outcomes that has been really substantial is when I started treating myself as a priority, mm -hmm. I've noticed other people's treatment of me changing. And maybe I'm putting up with things in a different level, but I've set my own boundaries. And at first, you know, people don't always like those boundaries, yeah. but now I I'm, I'm having more success in my relationships because other people, my husband, my family, they see that I'm prioritizing that and they, I feel like they treat me differently in a better way. It's like a healthier relationship. Give me an example. Like what are some things that you've done that you notice people respond to in a positive way and it improves the relationship? Well, so for example, instead of like um, family members call me and will would like call me to complain about something or text me about something, I'm prioritizing things like my workouts, being present with my family and my kids. And I want to talk to like other other family members or other friends, but I'm not being immediately like reactive to their drama. Instead, mm. I'm like, have time that I've set aside to talk to them and we'll talk about it. But I've found that there's less drama that impacts me because I've set those boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Drama is one I of don't those know things if that's, that's like, yeah, it's, it's a two way street. Somebody can yeah. bring you their, their problem, their situation, their feelings about something, but it's, it's really only your drama if you step into it. Well, yeah. And I mean, the other thing that I'll share about like my relationship with my husband, that's really interesting is that he's someone that's like a creature of habit, probably. I mean, I've known him 20 years and he has like worked out consistently in some way, shape or form, almost that entire 20 years, multiple mm -hmm. times per week. It's just part of his routine. Yeah. And I found myself being like resentful. Like, why does he get time to work out and I don't. Yeah. And then being like mad at him. And then I had to like reality check myself. And it's like, well, I'm not making it a priority for myself. So why should he be making it a priority? Yeah. And so now that I've, you know, vocalized what my goals are to him and shown up for myself, he knows when it's like, you know, four o'clock, he's supposed to be done with work and he takes over with the kids and does meal planning so I can you know, do my workout and take care of myself. And I feel better because I feel like I'm showing up and he's respecting that space. Yeah. But really it wasn't really about him. It was about me. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Oh, it totally does. Cause we, we have that in our house right now <laughs> where like, this is 
mom needs to work out and that needs to happen. And so you need to, you know, step up, but it's on me. If I'm not saying I'm going to do this at this time and following through, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Right. And I think like, I don't know, it seems to me now I'm like, why did I blame him? But it, for a while I was like, he's not, he's not making that time for me. And it's like, no, I'm not making that time for myself. Exactly. Yeah. Now you made some, some nutrition changes over the last couple months that supported that, that outcome of being down 26 pounds, um, moving more intentionally. We just talked about not eating after dinner. Um, you also made some shifts with like dairy, eggs, sugar, carbohydrates in general. What was it? I find that most people who have a goal to lose weight have tried these kinds of changes before. Yeah. And didn't follow through. Is this something that you had tried before and it's been more successful this time? Was this your first time trying those changes? Tell me about that. Uh, no. So actually I would say like, uh, probably for mm, about two years, I've been experimenting, like kind of like, you know, I used to kind of phrase it like, oh, I failed here, but I really have changed my mindset around it to say, like, I'm really curious to know what works and what does it doesn't and how I feel with all these other things equal and taking out this. And I've learned like, I mean, generally speaking, if I have no gluten, I can have some carbs and I feel okay. Yep. And I, but I feel better. My skin is better. I feel better without dairy, without refined sugar. And then recently, like in the last six months, I've learned like eggs make me, my joints feel achier. Is it a game changer for one day? Maybe not. But in general, I know these things. And even in the last month, I've started to learn that like when I have garbanzo beans, I feel more bloated. And does this mean I'm never going to eat more garbanzo beans? No, but I'm very like curious and noting like how I feel when I eat these things, because I want to feel good. And so if I know, and I document, like, I know my skin's not going to be great when I have dairy, I may determine one time of eating dairy is worth it, but on a day-to-day basis, it's not worth it for me. Right. And so I think like what changed this time is I know all these things and instead of just ignoring it and acting like I don't care, I do care and I want to feel good. So I really started to think about like, is this worth it? And yes, it's most of the time eating these things are not worth it. So talk to me about temptation. Is, yeah. is, it, is it worth it oh. tool, your primary tool for temptation? Because I know for me, it's a huge help. I mean, it sounds like just such a benign question, but when yeah. I really think about it, like 90% of the stuff that I consider eating, if I really think about it, it's not worth it. Now, yeah. if we're going to go to my favorite ice cream place, like, oh, okay, maybe that's worth it. If it's right. something really unique and special, like it might be worth it, but the run of the mill crap that I can probably get at a grocery store anytime, it's just usually not worth it. When I consider things like, is it worth that I'm going to have less energy? Is it worth the fact that I probably won't sleep as well tonight? Is it worth the impact that this could have on my health? Is it worth the impact that this is going to yeah. have on my body weight? And, and the answer is probably no, but 
it does that help you in moments of temptation or are there other tools you use when you're when you're in those moments well i mean i think in general that's my number one tool yeah and the the more the more i use it the more impact it seems to have i agree yeah um but also um i think i mentioned to you that i started doing the gpx fit the probiotic yeah, yeah, yeah. or the quadbiotic yeah and it's pretty amazing to me how how much that has helped with sugar cravings specifically yeah um because i'm normally like that's my go to like what my first choice would be and i still have temptations but i feel like they're not as much sugar anymore which is really interesting it's more like popcorn or salty things. Yep. It's so funny that you say that because I'm a sugar girl too. Like if I, if I'm going to indulge 95% of the time, I want to be sugar. And I notice that as a primary effect of GBX fit as well. Like it, it seemed to turn the cravings down a little bit. Like they just didn't have the, there wasn't that like screaming urge to, to have something. (laughs) And I too, it's funny that you said popcorn, like I'm not typically a popcorn girl, but, but I now would rather have popcorn than, than sugar. Yes. And it's, it's kind of bizarre to me. I mean, I totally, if you would have told me this was going to be the effect of it, I would have been like, no, I don't believe you, (laughs) but it does. So, I mean, I think that that has helped. And honestly, one of the things I'm currently working on is, I mean, being, we've been home a lot because of COVID and my husband and I both work remotely and, um, my kids, like I said, my daughter has some health issues that's made her immune system kind of in rough shape. So we've been home a lot. And I feel like in terms of temptation, being home has, that has done me a lot of favors Yeah, because I just don't have things at home that I know are really tempting. And, uh, so it makes it a lot harder to like give into those temptations because it yeah. would require a lot of energy. And so now as I'm, you know, we're getting out and being outside the home more, it's one of the things I need to work on. Like how, when I'm in social settings, how do I use these skills to make sure that I'm still treating myself the way I want, want to, you know, holding my form is what we kind of talked about. Yep. One of the things that I remind myself, especially as it relates to cravings, is we teach our bodies what to prefer. It's kind of like I say this in relationships yeah. a lot too. Like we teach people how to treat us by so what much. we allow. Yeah. And when it comes to food, I used to struggle so much with sugar because the desire was so strong and I would use that desire as a reason to give in like, oh, I just want it so bad. And this thing is right here and, you know, I'll start tomorrow. But in that moment of saying yes to the craving or the temptation, I'm also teaching my body exactly what to do, desired these types of things. And the less I have the sugar, the sweetened dairy, the less I want it. But the more I have it, the more I want it, which is a powerful reminder for me when I'm facing temptation, like I can do this. I can say, yes, it's no problem. Just know that the consequence of this is if you don't want to make this decision again tomorrow, it is going to be a little bit more challenging for you. Exactly. Well, it's kind of funny because as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like parenting yourself because like with my kids, it's like that all the time, right? Like you're you want to reinforce the right habits 
Right. If you say, sure, you can use your screen during a meltdown or yes, you can exactly. have a lollipop because you're having a tantrum. Well, that's fine. You can give them the screen. You can give them the lollipop, but know that during the next <laughs> tantrum, you've taught them this is what works. And exactly. so we're able to see that logic a lot more clearly when it's outside ourselves, but it holds as true with ourselves. Absolutely. And it's like I've had this conversation with a family member who says, oh, I could never give up dairy. And I said, you know, maybe that's true. But for me, it was like, you know, it started out small, like I was going to change out dairy here and there. Mm -hmm. And now I like, really, that's the last thing that I like miss. If I talk about missing something or wanting something, I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, you really, you can't judge a potential change by how you feel about it before you've made it because yeah. your desires and your patterns and your cravings and your urges, they change as you change. And I used to have so much fear and anxiety around what it would take to lose over a hundred pounds because I was judging that from my behavior and my desires and my urges and my patterns at 350 plus pounds, but yes, they're not the same at 310 or 280 or 250 or, you know, it's just, it, it changes as you change. And so many people judge it based on where they are. Well, and I think that it goes back to the analogy that, um, I don't know if we talked about this a week or two weeks ago about, you know, if you judge how much effort it's going to take to do the whole 100 pounds or your entire goal by how much energy it takes to get started. It's too much. Oh yeah. But if you look at the energy, once you're in motion, it's not really that bad or even like, it doesn't feel like crazy to keep going with that momentum. hundred percent. Do you feel like the, the changes that you've made and the the processes that you've adopted, has it impacted how you show up as a parent? A hundred percent. Tell me about that. Because the reason I ask is (laughs) a lot of times when people consider making changes with food or with movement or with sleep or or really anything, they look at the impact in one area, like, well, this is going to help me lose weight or, you know, this is going to help my constipation or whatever it is. But I've just seen that the impact is so much greater than we could ever really even imagine. And, and from people think like, oh, eating better is somehow going to make me a better parent. But, but tell me about your experience with that. Well, I mean, I think, I think it goes both ways. Kind of like being a parent has made this like hit home for me in a different way. But I mean, by, by learning and really showing up for myself about how I treat myself mm-hmm. and how I want to be my best version of myself, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm finding ways to teach that to my kids. It's, it's, it's about food, but it's also about, you know, how we move our bodies and what sort of like media diet and mindset we're feeding ourselves, I guess. And I talked to my, I've been talking to my, my kids about that. They're four and seven and they, you know, we talk about what you see on TV affects how you think, and you might not realize it 
but it does. And so I just think that the more, the more I'm doing these things, I mean, I just take sugar, for example, we talked a little bit earlier, just about, about sugar. And I mean, whether you can or can't have it, it's you looking at it in a way of what, what is the effect of it on my body and how are, how am I fueling my body? I guess that's how we talk about it in our house. It's, there's no good or bad foods. It's how are we, how are we fueling our body to like give it energy for the day? Yeah. And I grew up in a home where, you know, food was a reward and it was like, there was a lot of mental, a lot of mental and motivation around food. It was a reward. It was, uh, all these other things. And I don't remember ever talking about it in this way. And I just think it's important. I mean, it's almost like we're talking about it as a machine. My daughter likes robots and we talk about, you know, how a robot needs energy to go like with a battery and we need energy too. And how are we doing that? Right. And I think, I think that this discussion in terms of kids, I think about it for myself now in a less emotional way. Mm-hmm. And so that's like taking the emotion and the drama out of it. And that ties into that word maturity, which is what I yeah. wanted to, to get back to with you and, and kind of wrap up on because I, I love that word, especially when we can diffuse any kind of like negativity, their judgment that comes along with it. But as you have lost 26 pounds and cleaned up the way that you eat and started prioritizing time for you, for you, not for anybody else, but for you, what role has maturity played in that? And what does that look like for you on a day to day? Well, you know, it's kind of hard. I think, I think every, every day I like hear this voice. Um, when I, when there's like, I try to, uh, let's see, renegotiate my plan. I said, I, I didn't put this in my email to you, but you know, one, one thing that's really changed is I've been journal, I've journaled, I've journaled every day since the first of the year. And I set my intentions for the day and being mature means I set that intention and now I'm trying to renegotiate it with myself. Why am I doing that? And so I think it's really like giving myself that reality check of, that's, that's your old mindset. This, that's your image self trying to give you excuses. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a hard one to answer. I just, I feel like it's like this adult version of myself that knows what the right thing to do is. Yeah. And I think almost Uh, starting out practicing maturity begins with recognizing your own immaturity right in the in the excuses and the exceptions and the doubts and the delays and recognizing that that's not that's not fact that's perception and it's only one of many perceptions and there is a way to consider the same feelings and the same options 
from a more adult, grown up, less emotional, less dramatic kind of place. Right. I think, uh, you know, I think about a lot about the similar, the analogy that you brought um, at some point talking about you can't take wheel or take miles off your car. And I think that that's like really the maturity mindset that I try to bring to it because it's like, I can make these choices and the taking the drama out of it. Is it, is it the end of the world? No, but there is an effect and there isn't, there is a cost. And so really telling myself that this is the cost, this is the, what you're trading for that choice. Um, And then making an intentional decision instead of just what someone else thinks or what my old habit is. Um, That's, I guess, what is important to me. Yeah. The fact that there is a cost, it's not we don't have to judge ourselves, beat ourselves up, be dramatic, but we also can't pretend that this is inconsequential and we can erase it tomorrow because there is no erasing. Right. Right. So my last question for you is this. If there's somebody who's listening right now who wants to make change, whether their change is similar to you or they're not, but they're struggling with follow through. They, they know what they want to do each day or what they intend to do each day, but they're still in that place where there's more excuses than there is follow through. Is there a piece of advice that you have for them? You know, this is going to sound kind of silly, but I found that one of the things over the last four months that made a really big difference to me was making sure that I get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about this because sometimes we have control over it as parents and sometimes we don't, but that was one thing that really made a lot of other things click that like I'm getting enough sleep. And I think I mentioned in the group before that, you know, I started practicing this because I knew that when I'm sleep deprived, I'm not making the best decisions for myself. So I tell myself, okay, I'm just, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. And then I'm going to wait and talk, talk through this choice with myself tomorrow morning when I'm well rested. Yeah. So I think the biggest things are that I would tell people is whether it's sleep or stress or certain triggers that you know that happened for you put make those on the front of your mind and then force yourself to pause in those moments yeah yeah that's so true we all have the ability to just take a beat even if we don't want to even if it's hard even if it's uncomfortable, even if it feels pointless, we just all have the ability, the ability, it goes back to something we talk about, which is slowing down to the speed of wisdom. Sometimes we just have to choose a little bit slower and add and allow for a little bit more breathing room in between our momentary decisions. Well, right. And it's like, whether it's like ice cream that you want to have, it's really sitting there and looking at it and be like, if I want this ice cream, it will be here tomorrow. So even, even delaying it one day or, or if it's something in like business, you know, you're, you're not making an impulse decision. You're going to do your plan just this one time until tomorrow. Right. Right. And you'll come at it again, fresh tomorrow. Yeah. And maybe, you know what, the decision might 
be easier the next day. It probably will be because you've done it once. Yeah. To do one more day and one more day, or maybe you'll decide that you want to change your plan the next day. I just think that that, that giving, giving up that instantaneous change of course and putting it, putting it into the next priority. I don't know. Um, yeah, it goes back to the just for today, just for today. I can do this tomorrow if I want this tomorrow, but just for today, I'm going to keep my word and I'm going to reevaluate tomorrow, tomorrow. If that means I'm having pizza for dinner tomorrow. Cool. Exactly. But today I'm sticking to the plan. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm really excited for you. I'm excited for your family and the impact this is going to have on your family. And, and I'm, I'm really proud of the way that you show up to support other people in the group through your own experience and trial and error. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I feel very, very privileged that you are willing to share it, um, for, for my own learning and also for everybody else in the group. Thank you. I don't know if you have much to learn. I feel like I'm taking all of your words already. So no, no, no. It's so great. You know all this. No, it's great. When you hear it from somebody else's eyes, it is always different and it is always powerful. And it's always, it's always a powerful reminder. I need these reminders as many times in the day as I can get. So it helped me through my Sunday. (laughs) It absolutely did. Yeah. And as you know, all too well now, when you, when you bring kids into the equation, especially young ones, a lot changes. Oh yeah. Everything. I'm not sure anything is the same. (laughs) I mean, yeah. How do you, I don't know how you prepare someone for that, but. I know. I know. Well, thank you so much for taking time on your, in the middle of your weekend afternoon. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we got to connect. Yeah. You too. Um, Have a good rest of your weekend. All right. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.